Let's join Dr. Wayne Fry for today's message, Already in Progress. Amen, amen. Praise God. What we've been talking about, we've been talking about on uh, Sundays, uh, this, on this, this topic, push, pray until something happens. Because we said one of the first things we're going to New Dimensions is, in is prayer. Because it's time for us to be intentional and purposeful about prayer because prayer actually taps us into the power as well as release the power. I ran across a quote from R.A. Torrey says, if we're too busy to pray, then we're too busy for power. We're too busy to pray, we're too busy for power. So we can't expect the power to flow in our life if we're not doing those things in which uh, is designed to release the power in and through our lives. And we've been talking about push, pray until something happens. We've been talking about this second aspect of prayer because there are two aspects of prayer. Number one is communion with God. And the second is exercising authority and dominion in the earth. So James 5.16 tells us, it says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And here's our phrase here. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And so those of you, uh, those of us who are born again today, our prayers should be fervent and effective. Everybody say fervent and effective. Praise God. In other words, it should be producing some results. Our prayers should not just be prayers and time spent. It should be effective. It should be purposeful. It should be intentional. And we should be getting some results from our prayers. Amen. And that's what we're moving towards, glory to God. Because effective prayer follows a simple formula. It must be word-based, word-led, and word-sustained. Word-based, word-led, and word-sustained, glory to God. Now, we said last week that there are three factors that, that kind of will support this effective prayer that's happening in our lives. Number one is the knowledge and belief about who God is knowledge and belief about who God is. If you have a warped view of God, it will directly affect your prayer life. Amen. You got to see God as the true and living God. You got to see God as the one that's nothing impossible to him. Glory to God that he loves you unconditionally. And so we have, a, have to have a right view of God. Number two, we said our knowledge and belief of who we are in Christ. Because see, we all got a new identity when we were born again. See, we're not like we used to be. And our before Jesus days, we were one person. Now we're another person, glory to God. And the Bible calls us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. If you're born again this morning, shout, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, indeed. And then number three, we said our knowledge and belief of what we have been giving. Our knowledge and belief of what we have been giving. So go with me to Ephesians now, Ephesians chapter number two, and let's take a look at this. And this is just a real brief review so we can bring everybody up to speed because I don't want you to miss this revelation that we're talking about because it's so, so powerful. It's going to, if you get it, if you catch it right, it will literally transform your thinking and your uh, posture as it relates to prayer. All right. Ephesians chapter two, verse number six. Say, I got it. If you got it. Awesome. It says this, verse number six says, And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us 
in Christ Jesus. So the Bible says that he, God, has raised us up to sit together with Jesus Christ. And we emphasize this last week, says he's raised us up to tell us to sit down. Glory to God. Because we are praying from a seated position. What, what does it mean when you sit down? When you, when you sit down means the work is done. Amen. Glory to God. See, when you're working, you've you're, you got energy going, you're up, you're moving around. But when the work is done, how many of you just sit down? Amen. So sitting down indicates that the work is already done. And so God wants us to know, hey, I've done everything for you. I just, I just needed to put you in the right position and the right posture for you to see yourself right, bless God, because he raised us up to what? Sit us down. Why? So Because he wanted to show some things. It's some things he already has done, but he wants to show those things through you and I. But we have to have the right understanding of our position in Christ. We said this, that sometimes we're praying just for the possessions, but we miss our position. But I'm telling you what, when you get a grasp of your position, the possessions won't be a problem. Glory to God, because some things are rightfully yours. Some things are divine right for you to walk in because of what Jesus did on our, on our behalf. Are you hearing me? Glory to God. Listen to this. Victory in life is experienced by position, not through circumstances. Got it? Victory in life is experienced through position, not by circumstance. Too often we're waiting till circumstances change. To tell us that, glory to God, we have victory. No, victory comes when I realize and recognize my position. Glory to God. Because listen to me, breakthrough happens. Breakthrough happens not when the circumstances change. Breakthrough happens when you understand your position has changed. I don't know about you, but have you been in a place where you've been in the Word, believing God for some things, confessing some things, meditating some things, and you got revelation on that thing. I mean, you just got revelation of who you are in Christ. And I'm telling you what, you begin to think different. You begin to talk different. You begin to walk different. Things just begin to change. But your circumstances are still the same. Amen. Ever got a new house on the inside of you before you move? You walk up into your house that you stand in now, you like, man, this ain't even me no more. You stop trying to decorate. You stop trying to, you know, buy new stuff for that thing. You just, man, this is not even for me no more. You are, what you're look, you see yourself already in the new place, even though your address hadn't changed. Why? Because victory comes because of your position, not because of what you're going through. Y'all hearing this? Amen. See, we, see, this has to happen. You have to see it before you see it. Or in other words, you have to see it before you walk in it. You hear what I'm saying? And see, so you see it when you understand, hey, my, my position has changed. I'm no longer defeated. I'm a winner. And the score might be against me. But because I know my position has changed from loser to winner, it's just a matter of time. The scoreboard's got to change. The scoreboard's got to change. Amen? Praise God. So listen now. It is, a re it is the reality of our position that changes our circumstance. Just, just think about it. Anybody remember the story of the prodigal son in Scripture? Prodigal son had it made, man. His father was loaded, and uh, <clears throat> family had uh, business and all that kind of stuff. And one day, he just got full of himself. 
And so he goes to his dad and says, hey, I know this thing's supposed to work and supposed to be released after you gone, but I want mine now. So the daddy went and did what he had to do with, the, with, his, with his resources, and he gave his son his part. He gave his, the prodigal son his part, and he gave the eldest son his part. He just split it up at the same time. So the prodigal son went on this journey. You know, he, he's full of himself. He just want to do his thing. He want, you know, he want to live life a little bit, you understand? So he get out there and end up uh, losing all his money through riotous living and end up in the hog pen of life. So he working in the pig pen. He eating the leftovers and the scraps that the pigs don't eat because he didn't lost everything. But the Bible says this one thing. The Bible says that when he came to himself, oh, Jesus, tell somebody, say, when he came to himself, when he came... The boy came, when he, the Bible says when he came to himself, he began to think within himself. He says, I, my, the hired servants at my father's house at least have three square meals and have clean clothes. He says, I'm going to get up and go back to my father's house and just ask him if I can just be a servant. What happened? He realized his position. He realized that he was still his daddy's son. Even though he had messed up, even though he had uh, messed up royalty, he still realized he was his daddy's son. He said, oh, I don't supposed to be in the pig pen of life. I'm supposed to be at my daddy's house. And the man came to himself and the Bible says he got up and went home. See, it's when you understand your position is when you'll get up and do something. See, when you still believe you're subject to your circumstances, you'll sit there and try to be a victim to your circumstances. But when you understand your circumstances don't line up to who you are and what you've been given in Christ, you will get up and do something about it, glory to God. Punch your neighbor, make a move, say, you better start doing some things about it. Because see, when you think you're a victim, you think you don't have any power. You don't think you have any authority. And so you just sit there and kind of like wait until everything changes. No, I'm not waiting for nothing to change. I'm going to get up because of who I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm a born again, blood bought, blood washed child of the most high God. And this situation and circumstances does not relate to my position. So I'm going to get up and do something about it. Amen. I ain't waiting on no handout. Making some stuff happen. Is everybody with me this morning? Listen to this. Prayer is an essential. Prayer is an essential tool. Prayer is an essential tool. Essential tool to bring us into alignment with who we are in God. Prayer is an essential tool that brings us into alignment of who we are, what his word promises us, and where he has positioned us. Listen to me now. Prayer. Prayer is a tool that brings us into alignment of who we are, what we've been promised, and where we've been positioned. Because when we're praying and we're open in prayer, God will constantly remind us of who he is, who we are, and where he has positioned us. If you're praying right, God won't ever talk to you about a defeated position. He'll always talk to you about victory, conquering, glory to God, on top. 
God doesn't stoop down and say, well, you know what? You tried. It was valiant, but you tried. But I tell you what, you just, Lord Jesus. We got to have a meeting with Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and all of the heaven's angels. No, God stays where, where he is and says, all right, now, come on back to where. Come on back to where I put you, which is up here with me. Glory to God and forget about it. Are y'all hearing this? So let me share, take some time this morning to talk about power and authority. Power and authority, because we're talking about the second aspect of prayer, which is exercising dominion. And so we got to understand power and authority to do that. How, how many here have either flipped through the channels or purposely watched some things? Typically, uh, typically uh, comes on ESPN, the world's strongest man contest. Anybody ever seen that before? If you haven't, it is, uh, it is a feat to experience. These guys, six foot eight, 390 pounds, all muscle. I mean, just, just shoulders touching their ears. You know, just, just, you know, I mean, just huge, huge, huge men. Strong as all get out. I mean, they, they, they lifting up uh, big old logs and, and, and uh, caterpillar type tires and 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 it's one one event that they actually hook up to themselves a harness with a rope on the back and it's either a bus or 18 wheeler on the other end and them rascals get down like in the football stance and the whistle blows and they go huh 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 and they get that rascal moving they get that bus moving and they and they just chuck they are pulling a bus and an 18-wheeler. And you sit there and look at it like, OMG, I want to be his friend. No, seriously, I want him on my security staff. And so you see this and you look at it like, man, and you say out your mouth, these men are powerful. And they are just that. They are powerful. And then in traffic one day you see a little old man 150 180 pounds or something he steps out in front of an 18-wheeler and he lifts up his hand and he goes like that and all of a sudden you hear that 18-wheeler that 18-wheeler stops because he stood out there and he put his hand up. And that 18-wheeler stopped when he put his hands up because the driver of that 18-wheeler recognized that's not just a mere man standing out there. That's a man with some authority. Because he's in uniform and he has a badge. Which says he now carries the entire authority of the city or the municipality in which he's directing traffic. And if that 18-wheeler don't stop, he's subject to the consequences that come or that's applied by that municipality or that, or that, uh, that, that locality. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So here we are, 390-pound, 6-foot-8 guy got power. But here we got, got a 180-pound man that has authority. One is pulling an 18-wheeler. The other is stopping one. 
Are y'all, am I painting a good enough picture for you? Amen. And so we got to understand this thing about uh, power and authority. Go to Luke chapter 9, and let's look at something here. Glory to God. Luke chapter number 9, and we're going to look at verses 1 and 2, first of all, in the Amplified Translation. All right, Luke 9, 1 and 2. Are you close? Okay, look at this. Amplified says, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them what? Uh-huh, keep on going. Power and what? Power and authority. Check this out. Over all demons and to cure diseases, he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. The Bible says Jesus called his disciples over and said, now I give you power and authority. And I give you power and authority to go spread the kingdom by healing the sick. Y'all see this? Now, in this particular situation, it's not this power and authority that Jesus gave to the 12 disciples is not, was not meant just to stop with the 12 disciples. Because when Jesus uh, arose from the dead and he gave back, came back and gave his command or his commission, he says, I want you to go out and I want you to teach all nations what I taught you. In other words, these disciples had the responsibility not to keep this of power and authority with them, but to go out and share it with everybody they came in contact with, which would then perpetuate it to every person that would believe on Jesus. So this power and authority that he gave the disciples was meant to reach you and I. Are y'all hearing this? So when he called his disciples together and re released this into their life, it was meant by God to reach us today and those after us. Woo, glory to God. Say he gave them power and authority. Gave them power and authority. Now look at this in the Living Bible now. Look at this in the Living Bible. It says, one day Jesus called together his 12 apostles and gave them authority authority over all demons, power to cast them out, and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them away to tell everyone about the coming of the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Power and authority. Go back to verse number one in the Living Bible, please. Look at this here. He says, one day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them authority over. Everybody say this morning, authority over. Come on, say it so I can hear you. Yeah, he gave him what? Authority over. But then the next phrase says he gave him power to. Everybody say power to. So he gave them authority over something, but then power to do something. Because see, it's great to have power. And it's also great to have authority. But it's more than great to have both of them working. Oh, come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? So the, so the word says he gave us, he gave disciples and us power over something, but then he also gave, um, excuse me, authority over something, and then he gave us power to do something. So now we've been authorized, but also we've been given the power to then fulfill it or walk it out. Is everybody clear? Now let's look at this now. Let's look so we can understand this when we, before we leave here today. Now power is just simply defined as ability. Power is just ability. Those men who can lift, you know, six, seven hundred pounds, they can lift it because they have the ability to lift it. 
if I tried hard enough. I don't know why y'all trying to laugh. If I tried hard enough, I'll make you do the same thing. Yeah, it's possible. But you got to understand, I got to put in the same amount of effort and work that they did because we got the same muscles. They just in different states. Come on, y'all. They have bicep muscles. I got bicep muscles. They got quadriceps. I got quadriceps. They just happen to be in different states of condition. Because if I didn't have those things, I wouldn't be able to stand or I wouldn't be able to lift my arm. But they just spent time increasing their ability with the muscles that they have. Does that make sense? So, power is just ability. And I love this. I ran across this. I love this. It says, the only ability God, the only ability God looks for in man, listen to this, is availability. Oh, I love that. The only ability God looks for in man is availability. So God says, look, just make yourself available and I'll give you the ability. When we made ourselves available by giving our heart to Jesus, God says, all right, they're available now. Let me let me put something in them that will help them fulfill some things on my behalf. So he gave us power too. Or he gave us the ability to do some things. Got it? Listen to this. Now authority, oh I love this. Authority is the legal and formal right to a person. Listen to this. Who can take who can make decisions and give orders and commands to others. Authority is the legal right given to a man to make decisions, give orders and commands. He gave us power over. So he gave us the legal right to speak to all matters of darkness and give it commands. Oh man, shoot. So if you got darkness in any area of your life, you can stand up with your legal right of authority and make some commands and demands and tell darkness what you want it to do. He gave us authority over and he gave us power too. Right, is everybody getting this? Everybody get this? All right, now. Ah, oh, glory to God. So authority, you know, like um, on your job, on your job, many of us have someone that we have to answer to. Call a supervisor, manager, owner, VP, president, something, right? But you're able to do your job because of the authority that they gave to you. So they gave you authority, the ability to do some things on their behalf 
make some decisions based upon your level of, uh, level of, of status and level of, of, of position. They gave you authority to do that. But don't you know that sometimes as an employee, you can think that you got more ability than the one that gave you the authority. You can say, hey man, I know you, I know you think that way. Because some of us look at our supervisor like, why'd they do it that way? I wouldn't have done it that way. So in other words, what you're saying is, my way would have been better. Or, I could, I, you know, I'm, I, I got more ability than them. Some of y'all question whether, some of y'all question why your supervisor is your supervisor. Am I right about it? Mm-hmm. Well, on. And see, because of our lack of understanding of power and authority, we really short-circuit authority with that thinking. Because you couldn't do what you do unless they gave you authority. Because authority comes from somewhere else. And see, that's the, that's the challenge and that's the danger of pride when it comes to the things of God. So when you walk around and think you can do it outside of God, now you're in pride because now you, you, have, you, have, you, you don't understand that you got your authority or you can do what you do because of what he gave you. So you, you couldn't walk around and command demons and confess the word and get results if he hadn't first given you the authority and the power to do it. Because you would just be absolutely nothing without what he's given you. But thank God he's given us. Oh, come on, y'all. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. And so the idea is, on your job, somebody got the authority and someone has the power. But it works best when you get them together. So you might just have the power and somebody else has authority. You need to get with the authority and say, how we can do this thing together. Are y'all hearing this? This is this. Ooh, this is power. Authority comes in the commission, assignment. Listen to this. Power comes through the encounter. Authority comes through the commission, the, the, the assignment. Power comes through the encounter. See, we have authority because of the mission and the assignment that Jesus started in the earth. That's why the Bible says those that believe on him...